On this episode of Tamarindo, Brendan and I catch up and talk about our favorite things from the early 2000s. Then we pivot to talk about the popular trend of using the phrase La Toxica everywhere, from songs to boats to aprons. We go into what we think is going on, what it really means, how to spot toxic behavior in ourselves and others, and what we can do about it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast, hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder, and me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. <laughs> buenas, buenas. What's up, Tamarindo amigos? Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? So happy to be back in the remote studio with you, Brenda. Yes, <laughs> After a nice break. you're on the Zuma web. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So today we're actually going to get started with some throwback questions. We're going to do something a little fun. So Brenda, I wanted to know, what was a typical day for you early 2000s, some 20 years ago? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I was, I've was i been thinking about this, and I know uh, there's always a lot of nostalgia stuff happening all over the internet. And, and actually, I even listened to a podcast that was all about why nostalgia is so cool and fun. But I recently had a great experience going up to Big Bear and hanging out with one, one of my best friends who knew me from way back then. And a fun thing that we did is we just played a lot of songs from the early 2000s and like we had our own little karaoke dance party. So Brenda in 2002 was working at In-N-Out, which I talked about a little bit in our last episode. I was dating Pool Boy, this super awesome dude at the time who uh, I thought was awesome. And he was, we had a lot of fun. Anyways, he was a pool boy. <laughs> that was, all his friends <laughs> called him Pool Boy. And I was probably coming off of loving in sync because this is a little bit after high school so i was loving in sync but maybe like starting to explore different music i was in college <laughs> i was just kind of like less pressure i drove a vw yellow bug it was awesome and the license plate said made in mexico and so was i i Ooh. often got numbers <laughs> while driving like literally i'd be driving and guys would be like hey here's take my number so that's who i was back, <laughs> back uh, 20 years ago i love that how about you anna shayla what were the early 2000s for you um, well, I just wanted to say, I feel like what you were saying about nostalgia, I, I also feel like as we get older, we start to appreciate like the past more because, yeah, I don't know, lots of reasons. But I also feel you on the music thing because I recently I did I had an outdoor birthday little party. Um, no one got COVID, thankfully. Um, and the theme was late 90s, early 2000s R&B which is some of the music that makes me happiest. And it really did. Like, I could not be happier than when I'm listening to that old throwback music. So I feel you on nostalgic <laughs> music. Yeah, what um, a fun, fun party theme. And too bad that I that I missed it, but super awesome. And I know I, w I was invited, folks, but I couldn't make it because I was stuck in Mexico. But awesome pictures. What an awesome theme for, for a throwback party. It was. I've been wanting to do that forever. So I'm glad I finally got to make that happen. 
Um, ideally, you know, COVID wouldn't still be a rampant thing, but thankfully everything, everyone was safe. We were all good outside um, wearing masks as much as possible. But all right. So me early 2000s. So I wrote a few things down. I wrote Usher. <laughs> I used to be a big <laughs> Usher fan. Um, my musical tastes have also matured. <laughs> um, ¿Qué más? I wrote Soñadoras. Did you watch that novela, Brenda? I don't think so. It's the generational thing where I'm just enough years older than you that I missed that one. You weren't watching novelas anymore because <laughs> you were in no. college. <laughs> I was still in the house because I didn't go away to college, but no, I was not watching novelas. That was probably the last novela I watched, to be fair. So Soñadoras, I wrote my mom's beans <laughs> because I was eating her beans every day. I don't know if this is your experience, Brenda, but my mom had a pot of beans every single day of pinto brown beans. <laughs> was that your experience? No, no not no? my experience. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so actually there's a lot of nostalgia and like, I want to become that senora that always has beans. And I still haven't like bought a pot to do that because I feel like if you don't buy that special pot, another memory you'll always have is how many times you burn the frijoles. <laughs> um, ¿Qué más escribí? I wrote um, my first cell phone. I was getting my first cell phone. So I remember, you know, those, did you have a Nokia phone as one as your first cell phone, Brenda? Um, yeah, I, got, I had a cell phone in high school because I'm a spoiled bitch. And I called... I used my cell phone and I called in high school while in class. I called for pizza to be delivered in my room, my classroom. <laughs> I got oh, in my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, did you get sent to detention or what happened? <laughs> yeah, the teacher got so mad. I mean, I was hungry. I had a phone. I got pizza. <laughs> I think that's so amazing. Mad. I think that's amazing. Um, so I remember my first Nokia phone in the early 2000s and playing Snake and also how we, I think we could only send limited text messages, but I remember that this was a big deal because before that I used to have to use the pay phone at school to let my mom know I was ready to get picked up. And the way we would do it is like, we would, we would call collect, but then just like tell, cause you know how they ask you like, who's calling, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So I would say my name and then hang up. And that's how my mom knew that I was ready to be picked up, but we didn't actually pay. I'm, I'm probably everyone did this back, back in the day, right? 100%. Yep. <laughs> um, the last thing I wrote uh, is bookstores. I used to love reading. I still love reading. It's just, I don't make as much time for it, but I loved, loved just spending the day in bookstores. So that's, that's, that's a few of the things I remember from just a few things I wrote from early 2000s. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. So another kind of throwback thing that I was thinking about the other day is I was, you know, in Mexico, I've been smelling a lot of smells that take me back and that make me very happy. Right. Cause a lot of nostalgia is also associated with trips to Mexico for me, which is why this time has been really special for me. But so I'm wondering, are if there any smells for you that either take you back or that just make you feel good because they do connect you to the past and maybe simpler times. <laughs> Well, I didn't think that deep on this assignment. I was still kind of thinking of who I was in 2000, in the early 2000s. So the first thing that came to mind was honeysuckle body spray. So there's no meaning behind it. It's just something that throws me back to the early 2000s. I'm not deep with my, with my nostalgia smells for this assignment. But what about you, Ana Shayla? What have you, what smells stick to you? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll just add one thing about the, those kind of smells. Do you remember the Victoria's Secret? It was like a purple bottle. I forget what it was called. It was like a body spray tambien. Not like precisely had. which one, but I do know that Victoria's Secret body sprays were all the rage, as well as like the glitter spray and all that stuff. Yeah, right. I thought I remember when I got it, I thought that that meant that I was grown because I had a body spray and I was trying to make me <laughs> smoke. <good. laughs> um, OK, so the smells I wrote just because I had been thinking about this. Um, 
I wrote guayabas. So like walking past like little bodegas or little markets and smelling the smell of guayabas, it, it takes me back and it makes me really happy. My grandmother loved guayabas. So we always, so they just, it takes me back to my grandma. It takes me back to just like, you know, passing by little markets in Mexico. So I wrote guayabas. Such beautiful um, smell. I know. Um, al carbón. Anytime I feel like, I feel if I smell that kind of burning, like somebody's cooking something, al carbón, that takes me back. I wrote vaporú. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> it makes me so, it makes, just smelling vaporú makes me feel like my mom is with me putting some on my chest. <laughs> for 100%. For any ailment. <laughs> for anything. For anything. Um, I wrote tortillas. The smell of tortillas. Like, is there, it's one of the most comforting smells. Yes, from like a from a real tortilleria. Yes, that Mm -hmm. is a wonderful smell. That is definitely a smell that reminds me of grandma and going to and going to like that. You know, a la vuelta to go pick up the fresh tortillas and how delicious they taste with with a little bit of sal and how you roll it quickly with one fail. Oh my god! Quick little roll. (laughs) You have to show me how to do that, Brenda, because it's super easy. But you said it was super easy. It's a quality. It depends on the tortilla. You gotta have a good tortilla. You can't do it with the shit you buy at the store. Or it has to be like a good quality tortilla de maíz. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. But it's I, not it looks you, very, it's la tortilla. It's la tortilla, it's not me, it's la tortilla. Um, that's cool because it looks very cool and I love that it's very easy because I love when things you can do things that look cool and are very easy. Um, so I'm gonna, you're going to have to teach me next I'm time all I'm, about I'm that. in town. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so tortillas remind me of a warm hug. Um, and the last thing I wrote was sunblock. <laughs> I actually love the smell of sunblock. I don't know if you feel me on this, but it takes me back to being a little kid. And I feel like when you're a little kid, you love the pool and the water so much because you don't think about how then you have to dry out and all the other things that are like less fun about being in the pool and in the water. But this, the smell of sunblock makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I can't think of a situation in which you need sunblock before doing something that's not fun, you know? (laughs) So yes. Good point. Good point. Um, all right. So that's all the throwback questions I have. You have anything else that you want to ask? No, that's a good little teaser, a little starter for our quick little catch up today. But what uh, we could do is we could start today with our matracas and basuras and we'll save our calma till the end. Let's do it. So I do want to start with a basura. So my basura goes to this incident that I recently learned about. And of course, we're recording January 13th. So that by the time you all are hearing this, there might be more details about this. But my initial gut reaction is that this is total garbage. And here's what's happening. Former Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez's home was allegedly targeted by what firefighters are calling, quote unquote, suspicious, a suspicious fire that caused over $36,000 in damages. And so this sort of violence that representatives are receiving is un, you know it's just completely ridiculous but and i and i would not be surprised that by the time you all are hearing this we we learn that the folks that did this are probably some anti-vax republicans that have lost their mind uh, because the assemblywoman or former assemblywoman because she has accepted now to lead the California Labor Federation which is a huge and big powerful role she's also married to a San Diego County Board of Supervisor Nathan Fletcher, and both of them Democrats, both of them have been very vocal about vaccine mandates and and making sure that our families are safe. So they were targeted in this way, which I find to be completely vile and disgusting. And the Assemblywoman is not the only Latina, powerful Latina that has been the target of violence and threats, uh, death threats. So this sort of behavior is just complete basura. So basura to that. 
Damn. I just like, I keep being astounded by what people are willing to do and how irrational and ridiculous and, and just hateful people are, are being, I mean, it's not surprising, but it's just like, really? <laughs> yeah. Super, super basuras. And then my matraca is really, really uh, kind of more of a calma, but whatever I'll get to have to. So I finally invested in buying a coffee machine because I often go out for my walk and I spend like $6 a day to get, get coffee. It was sort of a disaster because I had it shipped and people steal packages here in my building. And I happened to be out of town when it was, when it arrived. And so it wasn't there when I got home and I totally thought my coffee maker was gone. I even tweeted, I hope the neighbor that steals packages alone enjoys my new coffee maker. <laughs> but a miracle happened, a little Christmas miracle happened because all of a sudden the, the box was in on my door. So maybe the person uh, that stole it was like, actually, maybe I this is your tweet. And they brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now I have a coffee maker and I've done this little trick where I go to Marshall's, which is so cheap, and I buy zero calorie, sugar-free flavoring and it's like three bucks. And so now I'm able to have like my own little like white chocolate mocha or pumpkin spice coffee in at my house. So that is my matraca. My, my matraca goes to saving some money by making my own coffee. I love that. I saw that and I saw that tweet. So that's, I'm, I'm glad you had a, a Christmas miracle or Dia de los Tres Reyes <laughs> miracle. Exactly, exactly. So what about you, Ana Sheila? What is your, why don't we start with your matraca? What is yes, your matraca? So my matraca is um, RuPaul Drag Race, specifically the Celebrity Edition. I think I might be one of the few people that only in the last few years watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Is that right? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I don't have a access to a channel that airs it. So, um, I also have not watched yeah, much Yeah. Okay. Of it. So I'm kind of new to it in the last like year and a half. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, they're amazing performers and two, like, I just think about the courage that it took to get to that point. And maybe the courage it still takes for a lot of these people to do what they do on the show. But they also, at this point, it's so popular that they've had a lot of versions of the show, including a, a celebrity edition. And I recently watched that. And it was really cool because it was just um, beautiful to see the impact that this show has had, not only on, you know, queer people, but on all types of people and like the freedom that it's given a lot of people, like what it's meant to a lot of people. So it was, you know, they have on the celebrity edition, they have women, they have like sit cis het men like on the show and i remember one of the guys that was on the show his name's dustin milligan he was on one of my a show that i really love Shit's creek and he was speak he's a he's a cis het man white man and he was speaking about like what this show has meant for him because he grew up not really feeling like you know he fit into this box of what it meant to be a man or what it meant to be masculine and that watching the show allowed him to feel like he didn't need to fit in this box. Um, and the same thing for like other people that were on the show, um, you know, black women or like also queer women who just like in seeing this show felt free to just be more of themselves and stop hiding parts of themselves. So um, it's a very touching show and it's actually really inspired me a lot as well in my own journey. So that's what I'm giving a matraca to Love long story it. short. <laughs> Um, we have time, girl, make it long. That's, <laughs> that's a, that's a great one. And also makes me think of Queer Eye. I don't know if you've seen that, but same feels in a lot of episodes. Yes. There's that. a new season and I've watched like three episodes of it and it's, yeah, I love it. I, I cry in almost every episode cause I'm a Llorona. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Um, and do you have a basura? Yes. Because I certainly can add some more. Yeah, yeah. I think I have one. I think I'm putting the CDC in la basura. Um, and I say I think because, and I want to ask you what you think about this. So they uh, they changed their recommended isolation period to, to five days. So that's one thing that they did recently. Another thing that they did is um, they were speaking about the, the efficacy of vaccines. And in the speech, they sort of, the way they ended up like phrasing it, it made it seem like, oh, um, we're doing great because now only like um, sick and old people are dying. So I'm, I'm, I, I feel like it could have been, I, I get that the point was the efficacy of the vaccines and how they are keeping us out of hospitals, but I think the wording could have been better. Um, and then the reason, I'm wondering what you were, your thoughts about this, Brenda, but also the five-day thing, like, is it really because, um, you know, like the studies have shown that that is like the highest contagion period, or is it more about the economy? And is that an okay, like, um, trade-off and maybe like, it's just hard. This is just hard. Like balancing this time is hard and we have to make some hard decisions. That's why I'm like, I think that that goes in the basura, but I'm, I'm curious what, what, if you have any thoughts, Brenda. Yeah. My thoughts are, uh, as follows. I think that there's, um, we love, and I fall victim to this too. We love to have like, got you and be like, and make jokes, right. And, and tweet it like y'all are wrong right. or whatever. Like we do that really quickly without looking at the full context and thinking critically and looking at the nuance. And I was, um, you know, there was a lot of these jokes are like, oh my gosh, five after five days. But I think what folks were not, um, we're choosing to omit is that if you're asymptomatic. So if you are not feeling well and you have symptoms, stay home, <laughs> stay home. Now, the truth is that the, the, the window in which you are contagious is it could have been way long after, way, way in the past from when you are right now, it's been five days. So it's such a mystery, the precise moment in which you are contagious. If we are all of what's important, and this is the key message, and this is what I want all our listeners to walk away with is you are going to feel safer if you are vaccinated. So get vaccinated. I have never felt that the vaccine was a bulletproof vest against this, this disease. I understood from day one, at least from the messaging that I interpreted, is that you could still get it and then the vaccine will protect you from dying or, or horrible, serious hospitalization. That remains to be the truth. If you are unvaccinated, you're putting your own self at risk and I am no longer sympathetic to you. If you are um, unable to get a vaccine like children, basically, I feel great that I'm not a mom. Thank the Lord that I'm not a mom. And I feel really, really bad for parents of children that, that cannot get the vaccine. And I think that we ought to be giving $3,000 to every single household, regardless of income, if you have children that are not eligible to get a vaccine so that you can stay home with your child. That's what I think we ought to be doing. Um, but children need to be able to go to school. So I understand why the, the isolation, the, the time that you need to isolate has been narrowed. And again, if the more of us that are vac vaccinated and the more careful we are with the choices we make and the more that we wear masks, then we're going to be safe and out of this. And if you are not doing those things, right. there are consequences and, and these consequences have been clear. Right. So that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway on, on all of that. Yeah, I think, like I said, it, it's a it's a hard balance of, of trade offs. And I think this is all so new. And I, I also do think that they deserve some slack as they are discovering things and and with new information, giving new guidance. So, of course, if this is something completely new, as time goes on, we're going to offer, they're going to offer new guidance, right? 
yeah, let's just remember these are human beings and and I'm going to trust scientists. Right. I'm going to trust research way more than I'm going to trust somebody that learned something on YouTube. So Right. And 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 we're and we're quick to to make summaries of things with limited information sometimes. We're, we're we can all fall victim to that as you shared. Awesome. So we're going to now transition to the focus of this episode. So many of you who have visited Mexico City might know that a popular place to visit is Xochimilco. For those of you that do not know, Xochimilco is a lake just south of Mexico City um, where you can rent a boat, which is called a trajinera in Spanish. And you just go around the lake and it's basically a time, it's a little bit of a party on a, on a boat, essentially, but like uh, on a boat in this lake in Mexico City. And all the boats have names on them. And so a few months ago, I, I you know, was there on a boat and we saw a boat that was called Las Toxicas. And we, you know, we went on our boat right past them and we we're like, hey, what's up? Yeah, Las Toxicas. And they were so into it. And so that's what sort of started the reflection. And we started talking about this topic because, you know, a few years ago, I don't remember Toxicos and Toxicas being so being everywhere. I don't remember us talking about it so openly. Um, and now to the point that People are using it in all types of different ways. Some people owning it, like the people on that boat did, um, and other places, and also making fun of it. It's everywhere. I've seen it on hats. I saw it on an apron the other day in San Diego. There's songs. There's a song called El Tóxico by the popular group Grupo Firme. So that's where kind of where we started and and I'm and I'm, I want to ask you Brenda if you noticed this this shift in in how and the the way we're using toxico and toxica yeah i mean i think um i've seen that apron i saw it in san felipe when i was in in mexico and of course references in pop culture is it a little bit of googling cuz i have access to the internet and uh, i learned that there was a, a banda called los dos carnales and they have a song called la toxica and in this Video, I saw the video. Basically, what's it's depicting this woman that does not trust her man because he gets all these likes on Facebook and she like destroys his phone. And here's the chorus. It says, Toxica, así te quiero, por tu sonrisa y tus ojos lo, to lo tolero. No me importa seas tóxica, me vale queso, celos y arranques, los aguanto por tus besos. <laughs> so uh, that, that's the, the story that's portrayed there. And I think that's the, the, that message is also in Grupo Firme where it's sort of like this. Oh, no, just kidding. That's, this uh, that the um, group of firma is more like the next song that I'm going to talk about, which is Farruko La Toxica, and in that song, what is sort of portrayed is this woman that was heartbroken and now she's going to be la toxica, which I find parallels to Grupo Firme of like, my heart is broken, so now I'm going to go be toxic. So Farruko, la toxica, the, the chorus there is lo que hablen de ella le importa un carajo. Está puesta para romper la carretera y ahora más que está de moda estar soltera. Now, I see sort of these two messages, right? One is like um, toxic behavior where you're, you're, you're jealous or you're uh, controlling. So that's sort of what's happening in that first version of these, uh, los dos carnales. And then the other one, which is more like the owning it, right? The owning it, like, I'm going to go be fun. I'm going to go do what I want. I kind of see why there's this um, celebration in many ways of that particular definition of the right, word. Right, right, right. So there's all types of definitions and ways that this word is being used. And so that's what we're going to explore today on our episode that we're calling Y Tú Eres Toxica? And we'll get right into that after a short break. All 
All right. So some of the things we're going to explore today are what does it actually mean to be toxico or toxica? How are people using it? Why are we toxico or toxica? And why we feel it's important for us and, and future generations that we go beyond making fun of it and owning it and start to rehabilitate, <laughs> start to detox, basically. So we're going to start at the beginning with what is a toxico or toxica? And, and Brenda, I want to know what is like your definition just from the ways that you see it used in your own experiences without, without having looked it up. That's a good one about the t- detox, how to detox. <laughs> uh, well, so without having looked it up, I mean, what I thought of is a person or a relationship with someone that gaslights, someone that isn't reciprocal in their relationships, you know, that might maybe is a taker only, never a giver, someone that is manipulative and self-centered, maybe someone that doesn't ever apologize or acknowledge when they're wrong. So that's what I think of when I think of toxic behavior. But Anna Shayla, you've done some research. What do the experts say? So that's actually pretty good, Brenda. I think you have a good hold on toxicity. It's a, so a person with toxic qualities is anyone who is abusive, unsupportive, or unhealthy emotionally. So someone who basically, I love this, someone who brings you down more than up. So if you're not sure if the people, if the person in your life is toxic, think about how you feel after spending time with them. Are you feeling generally more drained? And obviously this is, there's going to be moments where you would, but are you feeling more drained, more down than up? That's a good signal. And so pay attention to your physical and your emotional reactions when you're spending time with folks. And that'll really help you figure it out. And honestly, you can kind of apply this to most things, like what you're consuming too. Are you mostly feeling down, feeling more down when you drink, for example, or more? So that's a good thing that we, that's something we can apply to a lot of things. Um, Other toxic signs to watch out for are, people that are really judgmental, um, obsessive neediness. This is really big. So they place huge strains on your time and energy to the point that maybe you're not seeing, um, other people in your life. You don't have other friends because this person is like requiring so much of you. Uh, manipulation, which is something that you shared, Brenda. This is another one that I think is really big denialist. So when people refuse to take responsibility or apologize for their actions and often find ways to make you responsible for their actions. So that's really big. And I think that also goes back to manipulation, right? Um, And the last one that I have here is feeling like you're on eggshells. So like when you're with them, you feel like an emotional outburst could happen at any time. And that's probably why after spending time with them, you feel exhausted or you feel drained. So those are just a few things that um, I found from my research. Yeah. Well, this totally reminds me of earlier relationships, earlier romantic relationships, a lot of this behavior being exhibited. Yes, this is very, um, what do you you call, triggering. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what toxica, toxico might look like. But Anna Shayla shared that at first, even talking about toxic behavior seems like a good step in a way. And I'm not alone in um, recognizing this sort of behavior. Some of our listeners brought up what they've started to see when they think about toxico and toxica and the many different ways that folks are using it. So here's an example. Alyssa B of EP on Twitter, that's her handle. She makes an excellent observation. And this is what she says. She says that this trend, you know, this trend about seeing toxica everywhere, this trend perplexes me, though I've only seen references to toxicas on social media, on bumper stickers, 
For example, my wife's daughters are toxicas. What is what is the real definition? Is it Latinas who speak up that don't make that don't take mistreatment? What's the purpose of it? And why only female references? I love this observation uh, because I think uh, um, it kind of reminds you how misogyny has knows no bounds. So of course it's going to be a word that is thrust upon women. But I do kind of like this uh, concept of taking it back and saying, hey, if it is Latinas who speak up, then hell yes, I'm toxica and I'm happy to be toxica. If it is speaking confidently about what I want and not tolerating things, then call me toxica. I'm okay with it. So I kind of like the possible way of owning the word. Right. It's like we don't want to we don't want to endorse that behavior, but because there are so many definitions that are being used, there are people that have started to use it as a word of empowerment and, and like taking power over yourself in a way, right? But that is actually not the real definition <laughs> of toxic behavior. And that's what we also want to... According to our yes, research. Yes, our research. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's important to be careful about what we're doing because yes, we are seeing it Use more for for women, of course, as you as you shared, and that flags misogyny and gaslighting too. Um, someone shared, and I think this is so true, is that like in some ways it's been it's starting to be used as like the new word for when people used to just call women crazy, right? Um, when really a lot of times it was like women actually reacting in a certain way because their men were gaslighting them or not emotionally mature. Um, and so we're, we're starting to see toxica be used a little bit in that way, which means people are, again, gaslighting comes into play. So yes. Um, okay. So another listener shared that people are starting to own it and make fun of it, but that she worries about that. So she says this whole idea that toxico or to- toxica is now viewed as something to feel proud of for her is really bad. I feel like it leads a person to make very unhealthy choices, not realizing how truly bad their decision is or how it would be hurtful to others. And so, yeah, so I feel that I want to start by saying that I think, again, it is, can be good to own your toxic behavior, right? Because it's the first step to actually changing your behavior. And I think at all, probably at all points, we've all been toxic where we've been in situations where either we or our partners or both of us were toxic. And I think the problem is when you're owning it and embracing it without actually changing your behavior and just accepting it and normalizing it as, as okay. And that's what I think is a problem. And that's what Nance is, um, is, is saying. So for example, I heard a TikTok where a Gen Zer says, and, and she makes a video in regards to her relationship preferences. And she says, I want us to act like we're a couple, but not actually be one. I want to be able to talk to other people, but I don't really want you to. Is that toxic? Probably. Do I care? No. <laughs> so I think it's interesting. I think what's cool about our generation, younger generations, is we're learning a lot of new terms that we didn't have before to express behaviors and emotions and all these things. But sometimes we're still doing the same behavior anyways. We just have more terms for them. Well, let me, I want to react to something earlier about this. Um, when you kind of mentioned that um, there might be some toxic behaviors and this labeling of the behavior 
sort of targeting women that were quote unquote in the past called crazy without truly acknowledging what pushed the what pushed what pushed this woman to do this. A couple of things come to mind. One is I heard this really fantastic story <laughs> that these two women were arrested. They were arrested because they glitter bombed a man and uh, nothing has been um, verified yet, but I kind of already know what the motive was. So these two women, they uh, broke into this man's apartment. They both know the man. They threw a glitter bomb in his face. They glitter bombed his entire apartment. Um, and now they're arrested and their mugshot, they look so happy. Like their mugshot says, worth it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what I bet happened, and I will not be surprised if this is true. This dude was double timing these two women. They found out, they got together and they said, let's get this guy. And uh, what they did is they glitter bombed him, with, which is a nice alternative to breaking their computer, which is what I did when I was in a similar situation. <laughs> so in both of these situations, the people are hurt. And so they act out in ways that are not always positive or constructive. One, I actually love the glitter bombing. I mean, I think it would be worth it. <laughs> or in my case, I mean, literally breaking someone's computer and throwing things off the wall. But let me tell you that he had it coming. This is my thinking. So there's always like a backstory to some of this way that the ways that we're expressing this anger. Yes. We wanted to talk about this because news flashed toxic behavior is more than just a bumper sticker. It's more than just like a a name on a boat or a reference in pop culture and different books. It's something that we have probably all behaved in toxic ways and we probably are all going to have encounters with with toxic people. So it's important that we have an opportunity to kind of learn how to spot the mistreatment and what we could do about it. So, Ana Sheila, what makes someone show some of this toxic behavior? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, like, why are we toxic? And a first thought that came to me is that hurt people hurt people. <laughs> so, you know, you would think that if you've been hurt, someone has mistreated you, you won't want to do that to others. But what I've realized is humans, were not like that. So the more that we've been hurt, often the more we seem to harm others and the harder it is to get out, to get out of what I call, um, what I think of as a cycle of harm and pain. And I think that's often why we also talk about intergenerational trauma, right? Because it's, it's not only like, it's what we've been taught and it, it like, it's sort of, in us and it's, and it's hard to get out of that cycle. So that was the first thought that sort of came to me. Is it like hurt people, hurt people. And we have to do healing in order not to react. That is true. Yeah. I came to the realization that hurt people, hurt people. When I went through the very um, difficult and traumatizing at the time experience of getting divorced at 24. Was I 24? I was 25. I My marriage ended abruptly because I happened to find out that the person that I was with that I thought was my, you know, faithful, nice husband was cheating on me. And it was horrible and very painful. And I had a lot of toxic reactions, including, like I mentioned earlier, of breaking his things, you know. But um, through reflection and also learning a little bit more about how past traumas um can be manifest in in ways that are harmful, sometimes self self harming and harming to others. I really came to have a lot of compassion for my ex, and we actually, I think, experienced a very um, 
almost like a beautiful thing, I would say. I mean, I was very, very devastated by the abrupt ending of that relationship. But as a result, this person was able to seek therapy. This person was able to address a lot of the past trauma. And now they are a wonderful person for someone else. Um, and so I, I learned to have compassion for, for my ex when I didn't think that was even possible at the beginning of the wound. Yeah. Right? So anyways, here's another possible reason why people do this toxic behavior. One could be um, we're part of a patriarchal society. We live in a society where traits like bulldozing your opinion or just join your competition, all of these things that are glorified in capitalism uh, can be many can be sort of if you translated them into like personal behaviors, they might be pretty toxic. I mean, I think about our last president uh, who was just you know, recently on NPR and hung up on, on the host because he was getting grilled on his lies. And and I'm sure the, the his side of the camp is saying, well, that's great. Look at him. He didn't stand for them. He hung up. And this is this toxic behavior, this gaslighting, that sort of stuff are things that uh, a lot of times in our society we celebrate. We don't celebrate things like compassion, collaboration, empathy, which are not associated with as masculine traits. We instead celebrate things like unflinching confidence and brute strength. So this could be another factor to why toxic behavior continues to exist. Yes, so true. And I think related to sort of what we celebrate and how that contributes to toxic behavior, it's also like, what are we, what are we celebrating, but also what are we learning? And so I think another reason why we exhibit toxic behavior is that we never really learned what truly healthy and loving behavior looks like. Um, you know, that comes back to intergenerational cycles of trauma and harm and pain that comes back to patriarchy and sexism. And also it goes to, it points to the way that lover relationships have been represented in the media because of all these other things that I just mentioned, right? And so I'll take a moment to mention one of the leading authors on, on love, Bell Hooks, who made she rest in power. Um, I feel like she broke the internet before we had real internet on what real love is and we still feel the ripple effects. And I'm so grateful for her work because she shares that a lot of us learn toxic ideas about love from what we saw in movies and songs. Um, and we just shared a little bit of how that continues with some of the songs, like actual today songs that still sort of celebrate some of that toxic behavior. Yeah, I can't help but think of the image of waiting to excel, you know, <laughs> where like uh, I think her husband cheats and she's like just lit the the car with all his shit on fire. You know? <laughs> so thinking about um, pop references in ways that we've seen toxic behavior um, reflected or shown in yeah. media. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what's also really really mm. tough? It what's really really tough is when the toxic relationship is expressed by by family members. So this can be especially hard for those who culturally place a lot of value on yes. family ties. So here's an example. One listener shared. I had an epiphany recently that my relationship with my mom right now is like that of a high school boyfriend, where they mistreat you and then they come back with, I love you so much, you're the light of my life, only to then start the cycle over again, like accusing me of only thinking of ways to make her life miserable. <laughs> when I'm the person that manages everything for her, I pay for her bills, make sure she has money sent to spend, to go on vacation, etc. But the difference is that I can't break up with my mom but I can break up with a boyfriend. So that's what this listener sh shared. What do you think about that, Anna Sheila? Well, it actually makes me think of, of Bell Hooks. Um, and, and she would say in this case that, that what that mom is exhibiting 
is not, well, first of all, it's very toxic. Um, it's not actually real love. So she's saying, I love you so much, but like, that's what she's expressing is not real love. Um, and that may be for, for many reasons, including that she herself has not been taught what a real loving relationship looks like. So it all, it all goes back to, to the, to these cycles, but that is a very tough situation because as the, the listener said, you can't break up, you can break up with your boyfriend, but not with your mother. Um, and maybe that's an option for some folks, but that's not an option for a lot of folks. Yeah. So what do we do? What do we do if we're in a toxic situation or someone has told us that we're toxic? You know, how, what's the first step? What are some practical tips? Okay. So I'll start with like in the case of being the toxico or toxica. I mean, the first step is actually acknowledging and accepting that you may be the toxic one, <laughs> which I think is, is hard to do. Right. Um, and ways that you can sort of explore that is first of all, you have to be willing to explore yourself, but do you see a trend in your interactions with other folks on how they're feeling after spending time with you. If you keep seeing the same trend, then it might not be them. It might be you, right? <laughs> and then you might have a sense that something doesn't feel right within you. So, you know, you don't feel like your behavior doesn't feel right, right? Like that mom that keeps coming back and apologizing, like she probably senses that something is not okay within her. So if you are repeatedly harming folks, like it may be time to take some time to do some, it may be, it may be time to, to do some inner work. So, um, the first thing is just like mindfulness. So really pausing before you take action. So in moments of conflict or relating with other folks, ask yourself, what do you actually want from the situation? So think about what is that actual desired outcome in that moment? And what reaction is going to help you get there? Not hurt you more because a lot of times when we are the toxic ones, we tend to do the exact, we tend to react in the exact way that's going to hurt us. That's going to hurt the other person. And that's going to keep the cycle of harm going because then they're probably more likely to respond in an unhealthy way. So we have to learn how to pause before we react, recognize what you're feeling, investigating it, and then thinking about what is that desired outcome and what actions can I take that will actually help the situation not make it worse. Um, Number two is learning what healthy responses actually are. And that, that, that means like reading, um, that means just doing, doing some research, doing the work. So, um, for modern mama on Instagram, I'll just do some quick examples. So, uh, a less healthy behavior might be giving some of the silent treatment until they do what you want, um, or say what, what you want them to say. Um, and a healthier response might be sharing that you're not in a good place to talk about whatever is coming up in that moment, but that you would like to come back to it at a time when you feel better so that you're acknowledging what you're feeling. You're also acknowledging that this might not be the best time to talk about it, but that you honor that this is something that is happening between you and that you want to talk about it, but you also want to be in a better place to do it. So another example, um, could be, you know, thinking I don't have to apologize because I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Um, and a, a healthier response would be, I can apologize because Regardless of whether I think I was right or wrong, I caused you pain and I get to own up to the fact that I caused you pain. And if we want to heal, um, it's not going to be helpful to just say, I don't have to apologize, even though you're hurting. Right. So that's another, that, those are just two examples of, of healthier responses that you can have to situations. Uh, an, another thing that, that, that you can do is actually creating more space and being by yourself for a little bit. If you're feeling like you're, you're very toxic, your relationship feels very toxic, then it might be time for you to take some space, whether you have to cut ties with that person, whether you just have to take space, um, whatever it is, but taking time to work on yourself. And lastly, um, just a therapist to help you explore, uh, 
a little bit of why you're like where the, the toxic behavior comes from and starting to heal from that behavior. Because sometimes like even if we want to be healthier, we don't have the tools or we haven't done the work to like let go of the source of the, 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 the toxicity. Um, and I think a lot of us can probably relate to that. So those are just a few tips. And I wanted to come back to the situation where like the, the people in your life are toxicos because it's, it, it, it's a tough situation, right? Especially it's, if it's loved ones and family. Definitely a tough situation. And we've said it before and we'll say it again. If you need to cut ties with someone completely to protect yourself or to set boundaries, then you're going to have to do that. And you can revisit our whole uh, conversation about that, about how to create boundaries. So if it means limiting the time you spend with that person, if it means cutting them off completely, if it means being very clear about what where those boundaries are, because there could be times that we have not communicated. We basically, oftentimes, I, and I've observed this with some friends, people will do what you let them do. You know, People will do what you let them do. So you might need to reflect and like, Okay, have I not set clear boundaries? Have I, um, are there instances in which I've allowed a little bit of this to continue? Of course, nobody deserves to be mistreated. And, um, that's true. Like there, there are people that are going to mistreat you and it's not, it's not, this is not to be taken as your fault or not your fault, but see if there, there's opportunities to be a little bit more clear about what works for you and the boundaries that you need to set. So that would be another suggestion and recommendation. And we know, look, this stuff is really, really heavy, but I, I, I love that we're able to kind of reflect on it and to think of it all. Many times the, the tips and recommendations that we have here have the same flow. It is about mindfulness. It is about recognizing what you're feeling in your body and the way you're feeling the way after you hang out with someone or the way you feel generally like tuning into your body is something we say all the time here and and seeking the support of professionals if that is going to be um, an opportunity for you. So a lot of, no, no matter what the topic is, oftentimes the solutions are are very similar and they follow that pattern. And so here's another reminder to, to stay attuned to that and that's why we're so lucky to have Coach Anna Shayla because she is all about helping folks be more mindful and practice that. Yes. I mean, just because I have so much healing to do. So I, I want to be, we're in this journey together, y'all. We're, we're all healing together. <laughs> I know I've definitely learned yeah, a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking. Um, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I know I've definitely learned. I definitely have been like toxic at, at points and I've definitely seen how people mistreated me come into new relationships. And I had to choose to be like, Hey, am I going to, now I'm going to be the source of what's happening here. Do I want to now be the source of like bringing in toxic behavior to, to a relationship that doesn't, that, where it didn't need to be, you know? So we all get to do this work together. Definitely. Well, speaking of mindfulness, why don't we wrap up this conversation with calmas? So Anna Sheila, what is your, your calma? So far, your first calma of the year together here. Yeah, my first calma is actually like taking the time to set intentions. And I wanted to think of this year, I wanted to think of a word, like what is my word for the year? When I think about what do I really want to be and feel this year? Like what is that word? And the word that came up for me uh, was connection. Like I just want to feel greater connection with my like community with our listeners, with my coaches. And I think 
And then it's exploring like, what are all the, what is required of me to actually have greater connection? So that's what I've been reflecting on. And I think that includes like doing the work to connect better with yourself, to do the, the, the healing so that you feel more connected to yourself. And the more connected you are to yourself, the more authentic you are with other people and the more connection that you can have with folks. So just continuing on that healing journey. That's my, my word for, for the year. So that's my calma. Um, Real quick, Brenda, do you have a, a calma or anything that's been giving you grounding? Yes. Well, I, I know I've said this before, but I love it. I love exercising and I'm getting a lot of calma from my my second cohort of folks that meet up at 7 a.m. to do the, the exercising. I love it. It's so, so much fun. So I just love, I love being able to feel strong. So if I had to think of a 2022 word, it's strength. I want to continue to breathe, feel strong. I want people to look at me and be like, that bitch works out. And that's true. That's what I yes, want. Yes, <laughs> I love that. And you are, you are strong, right. Brenda. You are strong. Like you, you definitely, that's, I think you give off that energy, whether it's you're working out or in other ways, you are, you're a tough <laughs> cookie. <laughs> um, and with that, that's our episode, y'all. Hope you loved it and keep supporting and showing us that love. Thank y'all. Bye. Ponte un suéter. Ciao. Bye. Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Our producers are Mitzi Hernandez and Augusto Martinez of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff Ricards. If you want to support our work, please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.